0: Hello and welcome back to Over the Trent, Nottingham Forest 2, Aston Villa 4. Let's not really bother about it because Nuno didn't, he, put, he made some very interesting decisions. But let's move on to the cup and I think everyone's sort of preparing for the cup run. And we have Jake Longhurst back again, the Man United representative on Over the Trent. Jake, how are you?
1: I'm doing all right, thank you, Macy. I mean, I can't say either of us had the greatest time with football over the weekend, i <laughs> I'm not happy about the the Fulham game but aside from that it could be a lot worse.
0: It it really could be. Um I think I'm gonna, I I'll tell the story. So me and our mutual friend Ali we went down to the rugby. Notts rugby lost to Doncaster in what was meant to be a pretty important game in the rugby championships. That's not good for Nottinghamshire sport. Uh then I went to Notts County because I couldn't get a ticket to Aston Villa. So we went down to Notts County. They lost 3-1 to Crew. Um, which is never good, losing to crew, And then within that night, Panthers lost 9-2 to the Glasgow clan, whatever they're called. And then Forrest also lost 4-2. So the week of Nottinghamshire sport from Friday to Saturday was quite tough. But Man United not, having...
1: not to mention, yeah, Man United had it tough and England had it tough in the rugby. Yeah. And France didn't lose. Italy had a last-minute penalty and just
0: hit the post. It wasn't our weekend. Just wasn't our weekend. Now, in fairness, the Panthers brought a bit of good mojo back to the city with a win on Sunday. So well done to the Panthers. But Manchester United do have bigger problems because they've conceded to Iwobi. That's pretty terrifying. Uh, Man United fans are usual uh, suspects for overreacting to things. But conceding to Iwobi and losing to Fulham at home... Uh, this is your 10th loss in the league and your 8th loss at home, uh, which is the worst record for Manchester United since 1973-74. This is dark times for Manchester United. This is worse than the Moyes months. This is very interesting and Forrest play them on Wednesday, which of course means Man United are going to win. Jake, Man United at the moment, okay, we we've, we've done this before. The Glazers, the manager it's all falling apart but why is it coming to a head this year do you think
1: i think on the on the player side on the manager side if we're going for more on the pitch action i personally and this is a bit potentially controversial don't think it's falling apart i think against fulham yeah we were we were not a good side against fulham but aside from that game in recent weeks we've had a very strong run and that is like, that's an undeniable fact. We have had a good run in the last few weeks, which certainly was very enjoyable. I've actually enjoyed watching United for a large sway the last month and a half or so. Couldn't have said that for a good while. <laughs> um, you know, we've had over the last few seasons, quite a lot of young players, new players, and some very mediocre players. So, you know, you say comparing it to the Moyes months, I think the Moyes months were worse because we were playing with a group of players who were much better, frankly, and he was still not good. Whereas we're dealing with a team that has been consistently not where it should be for a decade. The player uh, the player quality just hasn't been there. And yet we're still performing at a pretty similar level, somewhat better in some capacities, not not many, but better in some. So I think that side is not actually as bad as I think a lot of Man United fans are making it out to be. Um, as I know you've said to me in the past, just in conversation, Man United fans expect more because we had that period of dominance of twenty-five years. For this decade, where we haven't been, you know, the best team in the UK, consistently one of the best teams in Europe, we're upset about it just because we we had that, we had that privilege and now we don't. So to a degree, I'm not too fussed right now because I feel like there is a light at the end of the tunnel in the management. You know, I've said everything I want to about the Glazers many times over. I've said it to you before. I think we we all know where I stand, where every United fan worth their salt stands. On the new management, Jim Ratworth, Ine- Ineos, and, uh, you know, the essentially Avengers of management <laughs> that he's trying to bring together. I'm very excited, as has been memes numerous times. We're trying to steal everyone who's, you know, anyone who's everyone from every team we can. We're trying to essentially collate the best people in every spot possible to create the best management team that a football team will ever have or has ever had certainly and you know will it be the best we don't know we'll have to see but I'd say he's got a fair shot at it so what was it um after the after the Villa game back on 26th of December there was a lot of talk about how palpable the feeling of the uplifting feeling was at the club because we felt like there was a change and it was starting to happen. And I think you've clearly seen that the last couple of months. United has looked a different side largely. Yeah, we've still been very inconsistent as we have been the last decade. Our defence has, as it's been the last decade, not been up to par. But our attacks looked better. Our midfield, buoyed by the teenage genius, Kobi Mayn, who has looked stronger. And at points, our defence has worked. Onana's looking a lot less shambolic. It feels like even though we've had a rough patch this week, things are on the up. So, unfortunately, I unfortunately for you, I entirely agree with your uh, your read of the situation. I do think we'll win midweek.
0: Yes, and that was a very very good answer, which covered a lot of my questions. So, thank you for having us on, Jake. <laughs> uh, Jake it is quite interesting. Pass all me. Mainu seems to be and Hoyland since forest beat man united in december they seem to be the two players that everyone's very excited about uh from manchester what's their positions like for forest fans who maybe haven't seen a lot of them what do they offer to man united and why should forest fans be worried about them on wednesday night
1: i think we'll start with the one who forest fans may see in a more synthetic light coby Maynou, because you know with any chance he'll be playing for the england squad at some point in the next few months He's 18 and plays like he's 28. It's as simple as that. He plays in a he plays in a way that far belies his youth. His composure on the ball is phenomenal. It is genuinely world world class. Uh, his confidence is brilliant and not in an arrogant way. He's not his he's not wearing boots that are far too big for the man. He's playing at a really consistently high level. Every game he looks assured, and I think. The thing that I'm most impressed about is his assuredness. He looks calm and collected even when we're under pressure and oftentimes he is our best player on the pitch even though this is his first season in the Premier League. He was injured at the start of the season and yet he has walked into this side to be our best player which is phenomenal. Casemiro's not been operating as he should and if we didn't have Kobimenu I think we'd be in a far worse position. So he has genuinely bought us such stability that I, I cannot overstate his importance to the way we currently play because without him, we would be in a state Rasmus Hoyland. However, he's obviously an attacking player. He's our center forward. And he, in my eyes has the potential to be that proper, complete striker package. He's not like an Erling Haaland who, you know, love him or hate him. He is an unbelievable finisher. He's a, he's a monster. But he doesn't have the playmaking ability that Rasmus Hoyland seems to have, because whilst he hasn't got loads of assists, that's mostly because our other players can't score goals, not because <laughs> he's not trying to set them up. He's running into the box and making space. He's doing what Vut Veghorst did really well, but scoring, as shown by his, you know, his phenomenal six run, you know, six a uh, six game run, got there in the end, and becoming the youngest player in the Prem to ever score in six consecutive games, which was stunning but he's scored good goals. He scores bad goals. He's getting in all the right positions and he's making good passes. He's making good runs. He can carry the ball and he he looks dangerous, which for a player as young as he is, I've not felt like that for the last decade with United. We haven't felt like we've had a player come in with a bit of youth at the front who's genuinely consistently felt like a great player. You know, we've had our moments Look at um, what Xana Jai, back in the day when he started, looked amazing. Martial's debut looked brilliant. But we all know what happened to Martial, the man's glass cannon. Can't can't walk on a football field without being injured. Xana Jai never worked out. And Herrera just didn't work out. So many of our young players turned up and looked bright and didn't work out even within that season. Whereas I don't think there's been a game bar one, maybe, where I haven't enjoyed watching Hoyland for the things he offers off the ball as well as on the ball. So yeah. I think those two combined over the next five to 10 years look like a real bright spark in United's future.
0: Yeah. And I think looking back over Manchester United's history, when there's been success, you look at the Busby Babes and you look at the class of 92, There's players coming through the system who understand United. They understand the pressure of the badge. They understand what it's like to be in the centre circle of Old Trafford kicking the ball. It is so inherent within Manchester United's DNA to provide good players, good young players as well. And I think we could be seeing a resurgence in Manchester United's fortunes. And the FA Cup is a very big opportunity for those to get minutes at away grounds, at grounds that aren't going to be, you know, nice under-21 games where no one's really there. United have got quite a busy week. Um, Let's let's be honest, the Premier League race doesn't really involve Manchester United, if we're very honest. Liverpool, Arsenal and Man City all looking involved in that race. And for once, Manchester United aren't. It's not like it's 10 years ago, unfortunately. Man United are a little bit adrift from the Champions League spots, if we're quite honest. Eight points is a long way to come back, but you never know. The FA Cup is really your last chance of silverware or meaningful qualification for Europe as well. What do you think will the team be on Wednesday, considering you've got Manchester City on Sunday? What does Ten Hag prioritise here? Does he prioritise the Cup, the last possible silverware, or a chance to really scupper the big rivals' uh, title chances? It's, it's difficult.
1: It is difficult. Um You know what? I think Ten Hag's priorities currently are actually arguably his own. I think he needs to keep himself at United. I think the Fulham game was a poor performance and not entirely his fault. I I will absolutely say that much. I don't think it was entirely on his shoulders, but he naturally has a lot of that. It was not a good showing for us. I think he needs to turn up, do well in both. And so I think he'll put out a strong squad for both games. Um, Rasmus Hoyland is the big question mark, of course, whether he's available or not for the FA Cup is yet to be seen. He might be available for Man City. I don't think he'll be available for Forest game, which is a shame. I love, I love watching him play and I think he's a really great player for us. So, you know, unfortunately I don't think that'll happen. I expect he will do probably what he did Uh, against Fulham and play Amari Forson out on the right side, or he might bring on Amad Diallo, who I think is a great player and probably deserves those minutes a bit more than than Forson in my eyes. Um, But either or, I think it will be one of those young two. Certainly, I'll be very shocked if he starts Anthony. Um, Otherwise, I think our pretty consistent midfield trio of Bruno Fernandes attacking Casemiro and Manu a bit further back is very likely to be what's going on. Um, Luke Shaw who knows if he'll be available or not um, I don't think he is so I'll assume we'll do again quite similar to how we played against Fulham we'll have our fairly predictable at this point centre-back pairing Harry Maguire with whoever's available um, <laughs> I suspect Raphael Varane and then Diogo Dallo who's been unbelievably consistent for this season out on the right Andrew Onana in goal possibly Victor Lindelof out on the left as As has been publicized, we've got a fairly large number of injuries as we have done all season, frustratingly so. So who knows, honestly, we might have Johnny Evans starting this time, um, who again actually has been pretty good for us considering his age. Um, Our credit where it's due, he's been good for us this season. So I expect he's also in with a shout at the starting 11. As for the Man City game, if Rasmus Hoyland is available, he will slot straight into the starting lineup. Same with Luke Shaw, or if, um, if Lissandra Martinez has a massive turnaround and is recoverable by then he will play. I'd say that's about the only changes that are likely to happen though against City. But I think he will also, you know, he'll prioritize both because we want silverware. He needs to keep his job. And not not only does he want to keep his job, he wants to beat the big rivals. The biggest thing for a Manchester United manager is playing exciting football and entertaining the fans. You know, the youth comes along with that. It's so much more entertaining to see your players come through it's such a sense of unity for manchester united fans so seeing them come through is amazing and beating your big rivals obviously that's entertaining who doesn't love beating the big rivals Forest versus derby is consistently one of the biggest games whenever it played in the midlands it's just such a big day out
0: mm-hmm.
1: united versus city enormous day for the for uk football to be honest so he's got to prioritize that as well
0: You've also got quite a nice little selection of games after. So if something does go wrong, you can really put the next four days and really push the players hard. Because then you've got Everton at home, Sheffield United at home. You can put out the under-12s for that one. Brentford. And then it does get a little bit trickier with Chelsea and Liverpool. Bournemouth. Newport. You say tricky and Chelsea. Well, they did reach the were, they did reach the League Cup final yesterday. No. And
1: did lose against an under nine squad. Yes, they did. They did. With Virgil van Dijk in tow, admittedly.
0: Yes, and it should have been 2-0, to be fair. That was um a very strange goal to disallow. But...
1: Rather if, yeah, the rather iffy controversial disallowed goal. Um, although speaking of uh, speaking of Everton and the next few games, oh. that is of course a very interesting topic today of all days. With yes. them having their points deduction moved from ten points to six. So naturally puts Forest in a more more interesting position. So yes. we chatted briefly before this about Forest and Luton, because realistically it's likely that one of those two will be the one to be uh, to be relegated. Mercifully for Forest. Luton have two really nasty games on the bounce here. They've got Villa and City, I think it is coming up. So hopefully a good couple of games where you guys can get a couple extra points ahead and then you two play each other in a few weeks. So fingers firmly crossed for the uh, the glorious Reds to get a couple of points in and then beat Luton. Mm. But for us, Everton, yeah, even though they'll be buoyed by this result, I think we should, with any luck, have a nice game there. Not saying we're going to pull off another world of a goal like Garnacho's earlier in the season, but I think with Hoyland firing on all cylinders, that should be quite a winnable game at home. Sheffield United, I don't know. They're a pretty good team to me from what I've seen this season. At least five goals they've scored. What is it? Something like that? So you never know. They'll probably bring five against us, knowing our luck. And then, yeah, well, Chelsea coming up. That won't be an easy game, I expect. But I can't see us having a horrible time with it just because they their consistency and the amount of time that they're actually able to get in dangerous positions is mired. They can't score half the time, which... Neither can we, but we've got at least two proven goal scorers on the side. They don't really have anyone who's banging them in that consistently at the moment. Liverpool will be hard. It will be hard. Um, The fact that we held them to nil-nil at Anfield was brilliant. You know, that, that has been an absolute fortress this season. And so the fact that we pulled that off was brilliant. Hopefully then coming to Old Trafford can be a moment for us to get a couple of points up, get a couple of goals on them. And then Bournemouth, Okay, we had a really shaky game against them earlier in the season, but we look a lot better than we did then. I think that should also be a good opportunity to go away from home and grab some points. I do think think... it will be hopefully a nice couple of games there before we get into those difficult games. And that should hopefully set us
0: up. I've just looked into the bottom uh, relegation situation. So I think as of time of recording, considering if Everton get another hand out of points for some random reason, Sheffield United are on 13 points with a goal difference of minus 44. Burnley are on 13 points with a goal difference of minus 33 and then we start getting to the teams that are actually competing uh luton town on 20 points with minus 16 nottingham forest are on 24 points with minus 14 uh, as goal difference brentford are on minus nine point uh, minus nine on goal difference with 25 points everton on 25 points as well with minus six now Everton still have their second charge to go through with minus points deductions. And so do Nottingham Forest with their first ever point deductions. So that could all change. But interesting, Everton have been given four points back. Jake, what did you make of that? And do you think that almost gives Forest a little bit of hope that six points is going to be the maximum?
1: I think that it's a positive for Forest, yeah, because... If Everton do get charged twice and you guys get charged, realistically, there's a fair shout that Everton will take another few points down. If they take four or six, it pushes them down another few points. If you guys take a couple of points, let's go for the maximum and say six in theory. Hopefully it's only the six. Then, you know, you guys will both be in contention for that relegation spot, but you'll be pretty similar on points. And you've still got Luton who are lower than both so fingers are crossed it will be tight but you guys have a shout Mm. i'd say brentford actually also needs to worry a lot more than they probably are because they admittedly they haven't had tony this season but they are woefully underperforming compared to the last few seasons and i don't i think they've got a couple of difficult games coming up if i recall correctly so they really need to be careful at the moment because whilst yes forest and everton are struggling on points deductions potentially Brentford just
0: have not been a good side. Mm. Let's let's just go through Luton's run in because it is worth talking about. They've got the FA Cup against Man City. Um, whilst that's financially very good for them, I don't think that's something to look too much further for for Luton Town. Aston Villa, who've got a fantastic away record, Crystal Palace, who will be understandably a bit more buoyed after a new manager bounce, Bournemouth, who after a shocking start to the season are looking quite positive. Then they've got Nottingham Forest, Tottenham, Arsenal, Bournemouth again, Man City, Brentford, Wolves, Everton, West Ham and Fulham to close out Luton Town's season. And to contrast that, Nottingham Forest, whilst they also have another Manchester team in the FA Cup, and again, I don't think we'll be seeing much further than that in the Premier League. Their run-in is slightly different with Liverpool at home, Brighton and Hove Albion, Luton Town on the 16th of March, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Tottenham away, Wolves, Everton away, Man City, Sheffield United, Chelsea and Burnley. The run-in you'd rather favour Nottingham Forest, but we all know life isn't that simple. We all know football can take all manner of changes and with the injuries that could possibly happen, we just don't know. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the Forest squad and let's worry a bit less about what could happen and let's enjoy the positives. Taiwo Awanyi's looking good and Morgan Gibbs-White looking very good. Harry Maguire against Taiwo Awanyi is interesting. It's something that, you know, Forest fans might be a little bit looking forward to. But I, from what I've seen of Man United, Maguire seems to be progressing a little bit and he seems to be, he's got, got back in the goals, obviously, but I had a little mistake again. Uh, what's Fulham, sorry, <laughs> your chair just really distracted me there. That's really funny. Um, Maguire at the back versus Taiwo Owanyi. is that something you're a little bit nervous of because you're you're aware of Taiwo's prowess Um, as a United fan I'm worried as someone
1: who's going to enjoy watching it I'm really excited because Mm. it feels a little more old school Harry (laughs) Maguire is a little bit more of an old school defender Taiwo Awanyi is a little bit more of an old school attacker I think it's going to be a great matchup to watch. As a neutral, I think people will really enjoy it. Obviously, you know, we're on either sides of this one. So I think you've got a lot more to look forward to than I do. Mm. Tyro's got, he's got a lot of physicality. Like, as everyone is aware, the man is built like a wall. He is an absolute unit, but he's quick on his feet. He's got a lovely turn on him as well, which can really, it can be really dangerous to all but the best centre backs. And he's got a reliable boot on him. So I think Harry Maguire is going to have to really be on his A game. But equally, you know, you're talking one physical bloke toe on you. Harry Maguire is no slouch in that department. I'd be a lot more worried, I believe, if it was Lisandro Martinez. Because whilst his footballing ability is a lot better, he doesn't have the size. Harry Maguire is a big player. He's got a big head on him as well. So crosses are always hard to compete for if you're going up against Harry Maguire and Rafael Varane. They're two of the most successful players in the Premier League this season for aerial duel percentage one Varane is currently in the lead on 90% which is ludicrous Harry Maguire's fifth with 73 or so as of my last check so I think the only players in there I think Virgil Van Dijk's one of them I can't remember the other two but they're competing at the very very top end for aerial duels so Forest are going to need to keep the ball down low if they want a realistic number of, of attempts on goal but you know that also does belie the fact that they're going to be competing against one of the most physical strikers in the league. And yeah. yeah, he's no Erling Haaland, but if he gets the ball and he's in those spots, you have to back Tyro on you to put it towards the net with a lot of, a lot of speed, a lot of power. And as I said, Andre Anan is looking better, but Tyrell One from up, up close is not an easy striker to stop by any means. So I would say it will be a little bit of a worrying pairing for me personally, but I think it could be a lot of fun for just the average person watching on
0: yeah and it is on the bbc but you can also watch the game down at binks yard at the fan park with free tickets available now and you can get in there just in time for the happy hour but before the game if you want to come watch me on the bad tactics show please do come along and the tickets are free whether you're going to the game whether you're a man united fan like jake or a forest fan or you just want the atmosphere and you just couldn't get a ticket Go to Binks Yard before and after and during the game. Um, Jake, little little side issue. Tickets for season card holders have reached £45 for this single game for Nottingham Forest fans. It's not fair, in my opinion. As a sort of neutral in this, it, it doesn't seem right that tickets have gone up from £10, £10, and then for this round, it's £45. It's a little bit worrying, but can you also see the other side that? Nottingham Forest are trying to cash in, and financially, we're in a little bit of trouble here.
1: Unfortunately, yeah, I think it does make sense as a you know, if you're trying to run a business fundamentally, who is about to be charged potentially for issues with money when you've got a massive game, you know, inarguably one of the biggest clubs in the world. Of course, you can look to make a bit more money off of that game, whether it's right or not. It's an easy opportunity for Forest to try and make some cash. And yeah, okay, I I also, I'm on your side. I think it's not the right thing to do, but from the Forest owner's point of view, from anyone working in the business side of Forest, it's absolutely the best thing for them to do because you do not need a points deduction right now. You don't need any other charges leveled against you. You've got to get to the end of this season, hopefully be any points deductions or at least push them to next season and come into the next season on a bit of a high because if you if you guys mess up now, you could be in a real, real heap of trouble and go back down to the championship, which certainly I don't want, you don't want, Forest fans don't want. So I think it does make sense for them.
0: Jake, thank you so much for coming on over the trend. Is there anything you would like to plug? Um, Not at the moment. Um, I'll say
1: I've got a lot of stuff coming up, which is I'm very excited for. Um, Actually, you know, I'll put one thing in. I don't think anyone watching or listening will be particularly involved but if anyone wants to get into music journalism they should check out my publication out of rage the out of rage network on instagram we are about to start looking for writers photographers musicians social media uh, social media creators content creators video editors audio editors etc to start basically making us making us into a bigger platform for heavy and alternative music for queer people neurodivergent people Anyone who likes those kinds of communities and wants to be involved, please drop us a follow and get in touch. We'd love to have you a part of it. And, you know, we're run by a lot of people who are involved in Manchester and Manchester United, but about half of the team also have a soft spot for the Forest, so (laughs) always good to get them
0: involved. Well, Jake, I've I've got to tell you, my fan base is absolutely diverse as it comes. 89% men, 10.9% women it's it's just that that's my followers um you know really diverse 45- truly
1: truly dom it could not be more diverse could it
0: could it not be more diverse but that being said also it's been really good on this week we've had a really fun little uh thing i have tried to get every forest player from every nationality Involved, uh, we'd we'll see if we get them mentioned. We got to over 50 different nations recognized with different players. Now, there were some that were so niche, Jake, that I couldn't find a picture of them in a forest shirt because they had one appearance. That's impressive. And it was just the knowledge of over the Trent fans was astounding. Eight nations were missed, and it's quite fair to say Belgium was the obvious one, but I'm going to allow Gibraltar, Slovenia. And oh, there was some more that South Africa, Trinidad and Tobago, some very. Difficult yeah, I have ones. to say,
1: I I was watching along and I was loving it, but I can't lie, missing out Gibraltar. I don't think anyone's going to be going to be that annoyed at themselves for missing a country like that. Belgium, okay, yeah, that should have been caught, but otherwise, an admirable job. And I have to say, you've fostered a wonderful fan base. Oh. A lot of people who also really know their stuff about the team. They love the team. Which, what more could you want?
0: Yeah, and I think it's like. You know how hard I've worked on this and we're nearly at 2,000 followers. So definitely, if you don't already, you just follow the podcast, go over to Over the Trent Pod on Instagram and let's get up to 2K. We've had a few issues with copyright and that completely took us off the platform for almost a week. And that was quite demoralizing. So the content is going to change, but we're always here for that. And Jake is always there to make me laugh. And yeah, definitely get us out of rage, wasn't it?
1: Yes, indeed. The Out of Rage Network. Check us on Instagram.
0: We will definitely put up some links to that. And, you know, you never know who listens because over the tread, Nottingham Forest, there's so many different people who follow the forest. And, yeah, it's nice to see. And I think we'll leave that as we've got a little bit of a hint to what could be coming up for future interviews. That's not been confirmed, but obviously Forest is a place for all. And if you're a female fan, check out Garibaldi Girls with Ellie Mollison. They're about to go absolutely huge. Also, Jake, just before you go, this is a lot of this is a big exit entry. Did you see little uh, old Vera uh singing Mull of Kintyre uh before I think it was the West Ham game? I what loved that? that, it's amazing, isn't it? I loved that, that
1: was so lovely. And Stuart Pearce giving her a call as well. Yeah. I thought that was wonderful, I oh, yeah. thought was absolutely lovely. That was okay. I'll say, first off, brilliant content, amazing content. But what a sweet thing to do. I thought that was so lovely. And you could tell how much she cares, which epitomizes Forest. I think. It's one of the tightest, most caring fan bases of a football club. So it was lovely.
0: Yeah. And it also shows a little bit, from your perspective, the power of music and what it can mean to people, no matter their age, gender, or whatever it is, it just means so much. So definitely look out for Out of Rage. And if you are, I get a lot of like young lads like messaging me about content and you know definitely go out and do it but also if you want to write a little bit of sport check out mist rolling in mag which i have just put my latest article in about being a content creator so if you're going to the city ground pick one of those up and make sure you've got cash right Jake that is the final bit uh we're going to say goodbye but thank you so much for coming on over the trent hey, it's been a pleasure as always dom and uh Jake do you mind cuz you're in a public space right now do you mind a big U reds to end the episode please thank you thank you for listening